0: Hey everyone, this is Dakota Sean from Another Day Dawns, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Julie LaCrue, and I'm so excited to be joined today by Dakota Sean from Another Day Dawns. Hi Dakota, how are you today?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, So for our listeners who may be kind of new to you guys as a band, um, you've kind of taken the music world by storm a bit. Um, So for Uh, the purpose of the interview, let's kind of start most recent and work backwards. Okay. Um, So I was fortunate enough to be shooting live show coverage and I caught a show of yours in Niagara Falls with Star Set and The the Word Alive. How awesome was that show? You guys were incredible. It
0: was a lot of fun.
1: It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, what was that tour like for you guys? Was it cool, kind of ending closer to home?
0: Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. We got to go out um, for a few weeks, I think three to four weeks, with the guys in Starset and Word Alive, and it was it was a lot of fun. We we'd go, we'd drive eight or nine hours out, and then the the route would somehow come two to three hours close to home, and then we'd all just be like, let's just go home for the holidays. Like it was around Thanksgiving, so it's like let's just go back. So there was we we loved that having that. Because most of the stuff was around PA, our hometown. So,
1: yeah, did, it did. Um, it was pretty fun. Did family friends get to come out and see any of the shows? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, we had really a lot really- of a lot of people actually made the drive, like two, three hours out. When we were further away from home, we had a uh, a couple of fans come out. So that's pretty cool that we're having people leave the bubble of our hometown. You know,
1: <laughs> the bubble. Did you did that tour go to PA at all? To Pennsylvania?
0: Yeah, it was at uh, Sherman Theater in Philly.
1: Okay. So Philly that was a
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Very cool. Um, so I guess to kind of get back to the origin of the group and you, um, if I understand correctly, Nick and Tyler really created the group from the ground up and you kind of were uh-huh. a later addition with them. Um, yep. they're from the PA area as well. Are you also from there?
0: Yes. Yep. Okay.
1: So same area as them.
0: Uh, I grew up about a half hour from them. They were in this pl- place called Leighton High School, and I'm in an area called Tamaqua. It was just about um, it was about a half hour, twenty five minute drive. And then they just reached out to me via Facebook. That was 2010, 2011, maybe. Okay. Uh, the very first time. And it was just Tyler writing to me, "Hey, we have a little band, a little cover band. If you want to play." I looked at my dad, and I was. I was only probably like 14 or uh, maybe 13 or 14 at the time. And he's like, yeah, I'll take you there. Let's do it. I'm like, all right.
1: Sweet. Um, So (laughs) were you you recording things on your own? How did they discover you to reach out?
0: um, Honestly, I was playing with my dad a lot. My dad is a huge influence in my uh, life and music. And um, I always looked up to him growing up because he was doing it full time as I was growing up too. So seeing him do that, get ready for shows and stuff kind of made me really want to do this as a full-time thing. So um, I remember they saw me play with him at a restaurant somewhere. It was literally like a weirdest coincidence thing.
1: Wow. Me and him. it was
0: just an like acoustic plane and they came up to us at the end of the night. And here we are 10 <laughs> years later.
1: <laughs> the rest is all history. Uh-huh. That's so cool. So you've had your dad's full support as a fellow musician for a long time.
0: Yes. I, have to, I give him a lot of praise and love for that because most parents would have said get a real job by now, but Right. I appreciate I appreciate and believing in it
1: awesome um so if you're from the Pennsylvania area, how did you become a bills fan?
0: well <laughs> before <clears throat> I should say I should clarify. I was born and raised actually in Buffalo, New York until I was about uh eight or nine years old okay um that's where I was born. My dad and mom were together, and they had me there and then uh, my dad just took me to p a and I was living here and then I was full time but I saw we had one buffalo show and I remember uh, I was getting some support because I was yelling out where I was from, from Tonawanda. I hear a little group of people. We're from there. We're from there. So it was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty cool to see that happen. But I definitely, I still have family up in Buffalo now. I still see them a couple times a year. I try to get out there. But
1: that's awesome. That's actually. Uh, that's where I'm recording from today. I actually live in the Buffalo oh, area. Awesome. So very cool. Um. So is this the Bills' year? Do you still believe or? Uh...
0: No, I was. I was so mad over the Patriots. I was done. I was done.
1: You gave up. You didn't watch anymore after that.
0: No, once after I was in the hotel room making a scene in the hotel lobby and people were people were looking at me. I'm like, there's no Bills fans in here in Buffalo. <laughs> They're going <laughs> to kick <everyone's>, you out. <laughs> I know. I guess there's a Patriots in there, but I don't know. That's it's okay. Right. It's next year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you talked a little bit about how um, the guys reached out to you and, and the band was formed. Um, yeah. How long had they been together before they added you? What had they been doing any shows themselves?
0: Yeah, they were they were together maybe for a year or two before that. Um they they originally before they wanted a quote a real band, they were all in this um after school program jam thing. There was be about 12 to 15 other students with them and that's how Nick and Tyler originally got um hooked up together cuz they were I think the only two that, you know, like could keep a beat or do something. So they're like, let's, let's do a, let's do a band or something that th- their dads were involved too; They're all hundred percent supportive too. So it's good that all of our families were all supportive of this as us growing up.
1: Yeah. That's incredible that you don't really hear about that too often. No, no it's no. rare. So how did you really, you, you mentioned, you know, your dad is a musician, um, how did you really get in? was it there the whole time growing up all through your childhood music or was it, did you get real serious about it later?
0: Um, I would start, you know, flirting with the idea when I was, um, like the, high, the school talent shows, like, uh, kindergarten, that's when I would first start. I'd okay. be out there singing, singing something, you know, and then it would be next year. I would just look forward to the talent show. So then I'm like, what if I want to sing all the time? That's just once a year. And then that's an, you know, my dad was starting to, starting to show me little things, and then he started showing me just simple stuff on guitar to, you know, play along with myself, so much as singing a cappella or anything, and and then um, went from that to the whole time being in school. It's just my mind started fixating on the idea of being a full time musician, and um, yeah, it's just just started going from there. I'd say once about once I got into the band, and you know, we're playing covers and stuff, and after a while we just all looked at each other like we don't we're done learning other people's music we w- we want to people singing our own music after a while and that was about 14 or 15 all of us looked at each other after 3 4 years of doing covers and so i think that's when i started taking it serious when we start starting doing our own shit you know
1: yeah so were you in band in school or were you just kind of you know doing your own thing outside of school with music
0: i was definitely in a uh, chorus okay definitely chorus. And plus, because they also had a, uh, if you were in chorus, you also got the free Hershey trip at the end of the year. So that was definitely the high, that was definitely the best part about it, but I was always in chorus and stuff like that too.
1: Cool. Awesome. Uh, who were some of your musical influences growing up? Have they affected your music today at all?
0: Um, I'd say for sure. I'm definitely a big nineties grunge guy. Like I definitely, I love Nirvana. I love uh, Pearl jam and even all the little, b-side bands that didn't really quite make it i still i still love them i still dive into that as well and um it's definitely more hard rock genre but i'm starting to evolve now into the new age metal screaming a little bit but i still have my uh, you know full voice i don't want to lose my voice i i'd rather sing than scream every song so
1: right So I know, you know, I follow you on Instagram It's you know, you put a lot of really awesome things up so people can get to know you as a musician and as a person really as well. Um, So Eve Six, how did you find them?
0: Honestly, that was, that was years ago. That's when I was probably a kid and that's a song that me and my dad and I remember my stepsister and stuff, we were just jamming out, jamming out in the the bedroom and stuff. And while I was playing, I think it might've been PlayStation one at the time. That's when I'm just... (laughs) playing there singing along and my dad always had had music so I, I pretty much I jammed every song that I hear
1: <laughs> it's it's such an awesome group it's funny because not many people have heard of them when I've talked to uh-huh. people out here about them they're like who um mm-hmm. but yeah they're a great band yeah. a they great really band. are so to kind of deep um dive a little bit more into the band you guys have done quite a bit independently. You were not signed, you were not on any sort of major label and had no representation for a while. Um, You started out Mm -hmm. around PA and you made it onto the chart for the uh, media-based Active Rock Top 40 twice on your own without a label. I mean, what a testament to hard work and really just going for it. Like, you know, having no reservations, going full speed ahead. What was Mm -hmm. that process like going on your own?
0: Um, You know, we were all kind of a little worried about it, but um, for the last, I want to say, three years now, we've been hooked up with Nine Hundred Management and our manager uh, John Phillips, and he's been really helping push the band in the right direction. Um, I definitely a huge thanks to him and his team that helped us getting on the media charts, as well as we got so lucky to write with Desmond Child out in um, Nashville, New York City, and that was a really huge push.
1: Yeah, that's um, for sure
0: he's written with like Bon Jovi Aerosmith. And he, when, once we linked up with him, we we're like, oh, this might definitely get the ball rolling. And then once Desmond, and then John helped push and then it all just started rolling in a place. And it, w- it was cool to see our song, our songs up there on that media chart. this way. we definitely got to get back to the studio and get a couple more up there for sure.
1: Yeah. You're ready. Is it, you know, are, are you guys, would you consider yourself organized so that when you did not have representation or a label, you know, you clearly were able to do something correctly on your own. Mm-hmm. How did you manage, I mean, is it the influence of having musical family members that helped? How are you able to kind of go so long on your own?
0: Um, I would definitely say a huge role of prof- uh, professionalism in all of us, um, all the band members as well. You know, we like to do things that are good for the band's career and that will make it look good as well online as in-person. In so it's definitely, I'd say we're somewhat organized, but we definitely buckle well under the pressure too. Like if we just announce a show within a few weeks, you know, we'll kill it or something. Or just, just if it's definitely a lot of stress and pressure, we somehow pull out. So
1: I believe in We have it. each other's <laughs> back in terms of, we mm-hmm. tend to agree on direction for the band.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: you've opened for some pretty big bands. You've opened for yes. Daughtry, Buckcherry, Godsmack, Puddle of Mud, just to name a few. What has it mm-hmm. been like, I mean, over the the arc of the last 10 years to move from being a newly formed band, kind of finding your niche to opening for bigger bands like that?
0: It's really huge. Um, you know, you go from, like I said, you go from playing corners and smoky bar rooms at 13 to 14, and then you go from mm-hmm. playing arenas with Godsmack and in uh, breaking Benjamin. And it's, it's crazy. It's really, it's really, definitely it's a real feeling. You definitely got to pinch yourself when you're there in that moment, because after a while your mind starts going autopilot and you definitely don't want to forget that kind of stuff. Cause that's what makes you want to do what you do.
1: Right. Who was the first, let's say bigger band you opened for.
0: Our very first, uh, it was, I want to say 2012. It was Sammy Hagar. We opened for Sammy Hagar in our area, Bethlehem, PA. Okay. And that was, that was the coolest, that was the coolest guy. It was <laughs> Just awesome. hands down. Uh uh-huh, huh.
1: I'm sure that's one of those things you will never forget. Yes. It's a band. Never. Awesome. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what your songwriting process is like? What do you do? Do the lyrics come first? Do the melodies, do the songs, sounds come first? How does that work for you guys?
0: I'd say it's a little bit of everything you know um when we first started writing Taste of Heaven and stuff it was just Tyler and I um I would come to him with a lyric melody or he would come to me with a, a guitar melody and right away me and him click right away and then recently for the heavier stuff it's been all four of us just getting together in a room jamming and seeing where it goes so it's definitely uh it's taking a turn but it's definitely a turn in a good direction too you right. know so it's I feel like it's a little bit of everything. Sometimes we go back to the old roots where Tyler comes to me. And sometimes we just, like I said, we all just in, in one room and everyone just jams.
1: You hinted at uh, getting back to the studio, maybe releasing a new album. Do you, can you say, do you already have songs that exist for that new album? Are you able to say?
0: We definitely got um, songs in our back pocket. You know, we've been playing them. A, a few of them probably live, even with the whole star set thing. I know just because we love playing stuff that's unreleased and nobody heard nobody heard of us to begin with. So if we play stuff that we feel is going to make an Im- impact and impression, and definitely those two songs that we played um, for this tour definitely made an impact. So it's okay. definitely going to be pushed.
1: We'll see those again.
0: Yes, most definitely
1: where would you say your creative ideas for your music videos come from? So they're, they're pretty, they're very artistically executed. Um, they're edgy. They're a bit dark. Where do those mm-hmm. ideas, do you guys come up with them together? Are they at the forefront when you're actually writing the song? Where do your ideas come from?
0: It's um, again, that has to do with the management team. It's um, Cyrus. My um, boy Cyrus nails it every time. Um, he definitely, he listens to the song and he, He asks me like what we want, but he knows the whole dark tones and everything that that we love. And he just makes it come to life. So huge props to Cyrus and he he kills it.
1: Okay. So he has a pretty good grasp on your band's identity, the music, right? Okay. Yeah. He he knows
0: what, what direction we're aiming for and stuff like that.
1: Awesome. So the pandemic, you know, which sadly we're all still in, we kind of figured, you know, it might last two weeks and then be done and here we are now.
0: Yeah, two <laughs> years later.
1: <laughs> right. It kind of you know, took everybody by storm. I know I keep seeing things on social media, like what was your last like normal day um, before, you know, everything kind of got turned upside down. But specifically for the music world, everything got kind of quiet. Everybody kind of either, you know, went back to the studio, started trying to come up with new music there, but the live scene really got put on hold. People didn't mm. know you know, if it was coming back, when it was coming back. Um, and so every band that I've now shot live always has a piece where they're talking about, you know, we're so grateful to be back. We didn't really know if we would. Um, I feel like music has become even greater in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, a, an experience now. Yep. Um, it's really easy to talk about negative things when it comes to times like these, were mm-hmm. there positives for you guys as a band during this time?
0: there were there's few and far between positives um i'd say the first positive was the first few four or five months of it you know we'd be like oh we got all this time to write all this time just you know just relax at home with our girls for a little bit you know relax and enjoy life before we get pushed back out on the road and then and six months came along and then seven months came along and then um, then it's just that your mental state just starts deteriorating and you're you're thinking are we ever going to get out? Like you're saying, are we ever going to be getting out? And then it comes to the time where John and management we need more songs. And I'm like, well, I'm sitting staring at four walls. You ain't going to get much. Right. So it's like, <laughs> it's like when you're being forced to do something with like a gun to your head, being forced. It's almost like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Right. So it was definitely a hard battle of getting in the studio, writing and wanting to. And then I also, Getting, wanting to get back on the road like ASAP because of how much you missed it and how much you don't want the band to just go over everyone's head because of the COVID. Thing. Right. So it was definitely it was definitely a hard time, but I'm here to say now, even with the pandemic and everything, we're still in people's minds. That's a, that's a pretty cool thing.
1: Yeah, especially with this recent tour. I mean, you guys are are still kicking. Um, yes. Would you would you say as an artist, you do better writing authentically then, and not when you're kind of under you know, the, the pressure of, we need something else. We need a new song.
0: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Cause I could just, I could just wake up from a dream or get my morning routine ready and then I'll start humming a song instantly and I'll get my iPhone and singing it into my iPhone or something. That's how, that's how our bigger stuff started. Like taste of heaven or beautiful suicide or forget me, not, it was just me just humming into my phone from waking up or showering or something, you know, (laughs) and then,
1: You'll have to release those one day somewhere. Here's a throwback oh, to will. me singing <laughs> in my phone.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the inception of the song. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. This is how it was made.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where do you see the band in another 10 years? Where do you guys want to be if all things were were perfect?
0: Um, definitely more of a household name. You know, being on, I'd say, world tours and being being able to um, tour out and still you know, have fun with the family and friends as well. So maybe even bring them along. Oh, cool. so I'd love to, I'd love to be going on full tours, full leg tours, you know, almost like like a break in Benjamin household name. I would like, love us to see us be like,
1: that would be awesome. So mm. I usually end my interviews with a couple fun questions that really have nothing to do with music. If you're game.
0: All right, okay. let's do it.
1: All right, let's go. So if you were not in music, if your dad was not a musician, if you grew up totally different, what would you be doing now?
0: Hmm. Believe it or not, when I was in, in middle school and we had this question of what do you want to be when you grow up, I remember I wanted to be a police officer. I did. <laughs> um, I'd say the police officer or it'd be something with sports because I love sports.
1: What sports? What sports do you do?
0: Um, I love football and I love golfing as well. I'm always golfing.
1: Okay. So you would have maybe been officer, Sean. Or <laughs> yeah,
0: golfing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not so much of the officer now that I'm thinking about it. I'm You're like
1: maybe, maybe the golf will
0: we'll go first Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, here's a thinker. Um, if you could uninvent one thing, what would it be and why?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say the news. The news. The okay, t- why the news on the TV just because it's it's never anything good. So maybe, maybe it could be like, it's maybe could still be the news, but it could be positive stuff all the time.
1: Okay. Just a little bit more uplifting.
0: Yes. Like (laughs) instead of the first thing at 6am, 12 murdered in a, no, I don't want to hear that at 6am. I want to (laughs) hear, you know, like family picnics or something going on or puppies, something exciting. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely the news
1: awesome well um it's been awesome learning more about you the band itself um having you on the show we appreciate you guys coming on being able to sit down and chat for a little bit um awesome. please let us know when your upcoming tour is when your new album launches that you've got some things yeah. tucked away in your back pocket but thank mm-hmm. you again for coming on the show today we really appreciate it
0: thank you so much for your time that means the world to us for real i think we need Clear the skies. But let's be honest.